Good morning. Today is December 29th, 2022, and I am Bobby G. Welcome back to my podcast. So, here we are, folks. End of the year. It's coming, what, two days, three days? It's crazy how fast 2022 went. All the different things going on in the world. Especially here in the United States. We got war across the globe. Inflation, border issues, unemployment, crime. Guys, there's so much ugliness in the world. Nothing's positive anymore, it seems like. Why is that? You know, with the new year coming in, everybody wants to make resolutions, which nobody ever keeps anyhow. We all know that. A resolution is just something to occupy our thoughts for 30 days, usually. You know, I stopped doing resolutions a long time ago and started doing promises. Stand in front of the mirror, promise things to myself, promise things to my family, promise things to my loved ones, great friends. And one of the biggest promises this year that each and every one of us should really embrace is stop being so ugly to people. Not calling people ugly, not a physical description of people. But internally, stop being so ugly. And that's what this podcast is all about today. How ugly this world is. And why do we allow it to be this way? Well, as I scroll through social media platforms and videos on YouTube and the news, whatever it might be, Every 20 seconds is something that is so hurtful and ugly, painful, depressing. And it's just not, it's just not right that we allow it to engulf our thoughts, our minds. And we have to start listening more to our hearts. And that's what I'm all about. You guys know that by now. Why do we feel that we are entitled to saying if someone's ugly, someone's pretty, someone's beautiful? Why is that? What puts us on a pedestal that we even have the opportunity to put a number in front of somebody or a title? To me, that's kind of appalling, especially to, to women, because I think women get it the worst from men. Now, I've seen many social media platforms and videos and lives and whatever it might be to where some of these creators are doing lives and holding a piece of paper that says, I'm not going to talk until the finest ass woman comes into my life or the most beautiful woman comes in my life. What what is it, does this person think that does to the the young ladies that 
come on the live to say hi and express themselves and maybe they follow that person for a purpose. They listen to them, they like their content. But the person stays silent because that person's not up to his standards. But what are his standards? Why don't they ask the girl about him? Did you ever think of it that way, guys? You know, what quick to put a number in front of a girl, rating her 1 to 10. But what if the roles were reversed and after you rate her, she rates you? Is it going to be retaliation? Is it going to be accepting? Is it going to be painful? Is it going to crush your ego? It probably will. And this is to the ladies out there. If you can, think really hard about allowing yourself to let allow another man or a woman or whoever it might be to put a number on you. Because I guess you would say everybody wants to be a 10. Physically, I guess. But a lot of times these people who feel they're 10s, who think they're 10s, in their own little worlds, could be a negative 10 when it comes to their character, their integrity, their compassion for others. And that's what I mean when I use the word ugly. To me, ugly is more of an internal thing than a physical description thing. Because I really feel that none of us have the right to say if someone's beautiful or someone's pretty or handsome or gorgeous, whatever it might be. And on the flip side, tell someone they're appalling, they're ugly, they're smelly, they're whatever it might be. (laughs) Why do we feel we're okay to do that to people? Why do we feel we can give you a number and you got to deal with it? Why do we feel you're a brunette and I like blonde, so you're automatically ugly? Or you're Catholic and I'm Jewish, so it makes you ugly. Why is it that we feel we can do that? And it's okay to do that more than anything. I don't think it's okay. And I bet if I took a poll, which I will have a few questions at the end of this podcast today, asking my listeners, about ugliness in this world. So let's go back. You know, I remember when I was young, when uh, desegregation first started, I was in sixth grade. So I was, what, 11 years old, I think, 11, 12 years old, whatever I was, in the city of Cleveland. And... Got bused to the east side of Cleveland uh, over to 86th and Huff to Mary B. Martin Elementary School. And it was an eye-opener. Because before that, I'll be honest, i probably seen five black people my whole life face-to-face before the, prior to that. You know, I lived on the west side of Cleveland, you know, in a single-mother house with four siblings, didn't get out much. We didn't go nowhere. We didn't have money. We were we were poor, which is okay with me. We were poor. It humbled me. 
And then I go to the sixth grade over to Mary B. Martin. And day one, you're told by your bus driver and the bus supervisor, whatever she was, that reached out, you know, to our very first day on the bus and gave us kind of like the rundown of what we should do and how to act on a bus and this and that. But to be told, when we get off the highway on East 55th Street, as we're going down Huff, we need to kneel on the floor. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know what they were talking about. Kneel on the floor? Why am I going to kneel on the floor? Well, I found out why. Day two going to school. Our bus was pelted with rocks, 40-ounce bottles, sticks. I haven't seen a couple old shoes get thrown at it. Stopped at a red light one time and someone pushed a shopping cart into the side of the bus. And it was because we were little, young, white children. I couldn't understand it. I was trying to really rationalize in my young mind what's going on. Why do these people not like me? Why are they being so ugly to me? And not just me, obviously. It was you know, about 38 of us on the bus. And then when we were getting off the bus, we're, we're called names. We're threatened by grown kids, grown men, hanging out by the elementary school, which is kind of weird to start with, if you ask me. And I guess it takes it all the way back to then is the ugliness people had just because of our skin color. And as I became an adult, I realized that it could be a religious thing, a gender thing, a financial thing, an athletic thing, a very well-educated person thing. There's so many different stigmas in this society about the way we accept one another. And again, it's ugly the way we treat each other because of it. And why do we do it? Why do we act the way we do? Why do we portray we're such good people to our friends and family that we're so caring, but then we'll bash somebody on social media because they might have more followers, more friends, people's giving them more money, the manipulating, gaslighting more people. Again, which is an ugly trait to have. And a lot of people wear the blinders because they're so naive and gullible to it all. It breaks my heart. So ugly to me, like I said prior, is so so much more than that physical trait of somebody. It's more it's so more internal. It's the way you're raised, the way you're brought up, the way you look you look at society. I said the way you have followers or your 15 minutes of fame, whatever it might be. 
And a lot of people are okay with that. And I don't still, to this day, understand why. And like I said, it takes me all the way back to sixth grade. Just because of my skin color, I was treated differently. And, of course, you know, things changed as I was growing. Because people accepted me for who I was, what I am, what I was about, what I stood for. And I never feared anything again. I never worried about what someone thought of me. Because I didn't care. Because I knew it was something that I can get past, I can get over. But a lot of people can't get past this hurt and depression of words. And that's where I'm really trying to focus my mindset on to being able to help others get past that. You know, if I walk up to somebody and said, oh, those are ugly shoes you have on. That person's going to focus on those ugly shoes the rest of the day. They're going to walk around, look at everybody's shoes. This is going to be an instinct to look down at everybody else's shoes the whole day. And not only are they going to rate those person's shoes, they're going to say how much better or how much worse they look of theirs compared to theirs. All because of my one comment that morning. Or someone walks up to me and says, oh, you're bald. You have no hair. A lot of people take offense to that. A lot of men take offense to that. Because they're losing their hair. Shaving my head was a choice in 2000 for me. I was an athlete. I played a lot of sports. I played traveling softball. I was hot. I was sweating. I shaved hair off my body everywhere. (laughs) And I never took offense. Someone said, you're bald-headed. Yeah, so what? (laughs) So what? (laughs) But there's others out there who were, you know, they wear toupees and wigs because they know they're not going to be accepted by society for just being who they are. And it's not fair to that person. You know, it's it's just the total resentment of society towards people who look different. And I'm all about being different. You know, don't try to be like somebody else. Don't try to be a follower to somebody else. Don't try to jump on a bandwagon for someone else. Be who you are. Be real to yourself more than anything. Because when you put up that stigma of fitting in, your ugliness from inside is going to come out just like theirs. Because you feel you have to follow their pattern of life to get to where they are. And it's not worth it. You know, too often we allow those people out there who put themselves on a pedestal, they have the sense of entitlement that they're better than you, to constantly put you down, yell at you, make fun of you. And it just builds and builds and builds inside your soul. And it's hard to get rid of that. I get it. I I understand that. It's hard to understand why you're treated the way you are. And it's because of society. That's the norm in society nowadays, to just treat people like crap. 
because the world needs hate and it sucks that the world needs hate and anger at, towards each other because there shouldn't be so much of it. But you watch the news, you get on the internet, you watch TV shows, movies, everything is about a battle. You know, the good and evil, you know, David and Goliath, whatever it might be, there's always gotta be something to enrage others, to fuel the fires. And my platform, my life, my way of living, my morals, my values, can't comprehend it all. <laughs> I just don't see how you can just physically accept someone's look and right away it's it up to your standards and we all have standards we all have different I guess you would say physical characteristics of people that we we like you know, it might be blondes or brunettes or maybe people with multicolored hair or tans or fit bodies or um, thick bodies or what else is there? I'm thinking of a different body. Whatever it might be physically. And I'm trying to think of every physical thing that's out there. But no matter what it is, someone's still going to find a flaw with something. But it brings us back to full circle. What gives that person the right to say this person's not perfect or this person's ugly, this one's skinny, this one's fat, this one's dumb, this one's smart. Who gives that person that right? I mean, is there one expert on it all? I mean, is there a book on how to be beautiful inside and out? Because there's not many of us out there like that. You know, who's just the total package, I guess you would say. And what is a total package? You know, I, that's a question I like to ask all of you. What, What is it that you look for in a person? Let's go physically first. And then let's go internally. Because we all want happiness and kindness, compassion, love, honor, integrity, trust. But do you actually know someone who gives you, who can give you all of that? Probably not. Because a lot of people put up that front, their ugliness shows down the line. You know, a lot of people, they got to put on this persona of being everything somebody wants, every, everything somebody looks for in a person, if it's physical, if it's mental, if it's emotional, whatever it might be. And so they get comfortable with the person. And sometimes the tides change. The waves come in at a different angle. And a lot of people accept that. A lot of people are okay with that. They've grown to understand it. And that's where the depression, the anxiety, domestic abuse, verbal abuse, mental abuse, all that factors in. You know, if you're in a relationship and you're told how worthless you are and how stupid you are and whatever the situation might be, and you hear it every single day. It's like the laws of attraction. 
you're going to think and feel that way. And, you know, thinking is one thing because, you know, if you think about something, you know, I'm thinking about the weather being nice tomorrow. That's a six-second thought that goes to my mind that's over with. But when you start feeling that you're worthless, feeling that you stand for nothing, feeling that you're ugly, feeling that someone calls you fat, feeling someone calls you skinny, whatever it might be, when you feel that inside, in your soul, in your heart, that's different. That's deeper than just anxiety. And that's what causes you know, clinical depression, anxiety. Because you know, people try to live up to other people's standards, worry about the things they can't control in life. I don't do that. You know, if I, you know, if it has, if it doesn't affect me, every physical, mental, emotional way, I can't change it. I can't. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, God's work is God's work. You know, it's like the weather. I don't want it to snow today, but if Mother Nature says it's going to snow, it's going to snow. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't control that. So if you know, if you bring this into your life, and realize that you can't control what others say. Maybe it will be easier to accept how they say it or what they say. You know, the old saying, you know, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I'm not saying you got to accept the fact that someone's saying, oh, you're, you're fat. Oh, you're skinny. You're stupid. You're dumb. You know, you're poor. I'm not saying you have to accept it. But let it roll off your shoulders. Who cares? Quit worrying about what they say. Quit worrying about what they think. No, you have to be the change. You have to imagine your life better because the way you want to portray your life, the way you want to take your journey through life. If you want to sit back, sit in the house and hide because someone says you're lazy or you're ugly, I don't want to see your face here or there or anywhere, like Dr. Seuss would say, then you're allowing them to win. You're allowing the ugliness and the hate of others to win. Don't allow it. You cannot allow it. You know, your self-worth, your mental health, your self-awareness, your love for yourself is the most important thing in life. No, how do you expect someone to love you when you don't even know what love is because you don't even know how to love yourself because others tell you how worthless you really are? Because you allow them to win. And if I told you nobody's ever going to love you, if I tell you that every single day that you can't get nobody after me because I'm perfect for you and nobody else is and you're just going to be this or that, you hear it every day, you're going to start believing it. And again, it goes deep to the heart. It, it, it goes deep. Because if the negativity is so overwhelming and you hear it every single day, everything throughout your day is going to bring that negative effect to you. Again, it's like the laws of attraction. The more negative is thrown at you, the more you believe in, everything throughout your day is going to seem negative to you. Everything. You know, if you wake up in the morning saying, oh, I, can't, I hate my job. God, I hate going there. It's going to be such a bad day. Next thing you know, you're spilling your coffee. Oh, 
GD at, I spill my coffee at you. Oh my God, I'm running late. I'm, oh, I'm stuck in traffic. Oh, I got a flat tire. What do you mean John Smith's not coming in today? I got to cover his shift. Oh my goodness, gas prices went up. Oh, I forgot my wallet. Not realizing that if you think more about the positive things that happened, oh, I spilled the coffee, but I didn't get it on my clothes, thank goodness. And I just wiped it up off of the counter, didn't get on the carpet. Oh, I'm stuck in traffic. Oh, but I see there was an accident and nobody was hurt. That's the good thing. So I can move on. Oh, John's not coming in today. Oh, maybe his, oh, his wife had her baby. That's fantastic to hear. You know, think of the positives over the negatives and let them outweigh the negative thought process. You got to think and feel the good of each and every day, each and every moment of your life and let it sink in and comprehend the way it affects your well-being, your mental health. You know, sit back today and write down, journal it, put it on your phone, whatever it might be, because we all have smartphones now. We can all put notes in and recordings and everything. When something negative happens, write it down. Add it to a list. Add it to a journal. Do a journal every night. But then put the positive side of it all. If there was one. Next to it. And at the end of the day, read them all. See if your positives outweigh the negatives. See if you know all the good things that happened throughout the day were so much more appealing, so much more helpful and happiness sunk in deeper because of all the good things that happened. But if you dwell on the negativity of it all, you're not going to find any of the happiness, any of the positive things that happen. Because it's just our mindset. It's just, it's human nature. You know, just like, you know, the holidays just passed, which I hope each and every one of you had a wonderful Christmas. And I reached out to many, 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 many people during the Christmas holidays. You know, through text messages, messages, phone calls, Christmas cards, letters, whatever it might have been. And there was a lot of negative feedback. Oh, I lost my loved one. I'm alone. I'm an empty nester. Oh, Christmas is suck anymore. I don't have no money. But when I read all those, I, I feel like, did they forget about they have a breath today? Did they get up out of bed today? Were they able to make their own coffee today? Were they able to put a, a dollar in the Salvation Army kettle? Did they wave to the neighbor? Did they tell someone on the street, Merry Christmas, a total stranger? They don't think about the good things in life because they want to dwell on those negative things because it's just like a magnet. You know, people are throwing the negative nails at you and everyone that's thrown attaches to you because you allow it to. And losing a loved one before the holidays or even if it was a year ago, two years ago, five, ten, whatever it is, you have to remember, we have to make memories that we hold deep to our hearts and quit 
thinking about the bottom of your heart because when I think the bottom of something, I think at the bottom of the barrel, the bottom of the well, the bottom. No, to the core of the heart, the center where everything starts, the nucleus of the heart. I mean, it's all in the middle. It starts there. The blood is pumped. It goes throughout the body. It returns. It, it makes you feel better. The oxygen is pushed. And you have to portray your life the same exact way. You got to understand that if you make the memories, you have all the laughter, you have all the pictures around the house, videos in the DVD player, trinkets around the house, the car you bought together, the vacations you went on, all those memories of all the great times. You have to really let those sink in more and let them overwhelm those negative thoughts. Because when it comes to losing a loved one or a friend or anybody, it's it sucks to understand that the day we're born, we're already preparing to die. It's just human nature. It's God's way of giving us this opportunity, this journey in our lives to focus, to have a purpose. A lot of us don't want to understand our purpose. We all just think life sucks, life, I'm miserable, I'm tired, my body hurts. Me, myself, I could have thought that back in 2007 and gave up on myself. But I didn't. I couldn't give up. I had a family. I had a life more than anything. I don't want to go through life surviving. A lot of people like to say, you know, I'm a survivor. Get rid of that title. You're not a domestic violence survivor. You're not a cancer survivor. You're not a pulmonary embolism survivor. No, you're a thriver. You know, you, you have purpose now. You have, per, you have a, the opportunity to go on, to keep going down that path of life. Because you put yourself in a mindset or a health set or whatever it might be to better yourself, to get healthier. And you're not realizing that all those things put together are a winning combination to who you stand for, what you stand for, your integrity, your character, your motivation, your inspiration. Because a lot of people who struggle out there lot you know there's people who really watch your stories who listen to you who sit back in the shadows and don't say nothing but they're inspired by what you do every day you know i i look at you know i i rather have purpose over popularity i rather be known for what my actions are over being tiktok famous or youtube famous whatever it might be you know, sometimes, like they say, the smaller the circle, the better the loyalty. You know, it's not the ones who are there for you when you're up. It's the ones who are there for you when you're down. It's the ones who stick up for you when you're not around. It's not the ones who talk about you when you're not around. It's not the ones who gossip about you. Because that brings it back, all the, again, all those ugly features of people, all those characteristics of people. And we all have them. You know, you know. You know, my thing is I don't like to use the word hate. I, I tell my kids the same thing. They don't like to use the word hate. I won't even say I hate tomatoes. I, I dislike tomatoes. I just don't, there's something about them I just don't like. But hate is such a mean word. Ugly is such a mean word. But 
we use it every day. Oh, he's so ugly. Oh, she's so ugly. But again, I go back to what makes you the expert? Are you Captain Beautiful? Captain Handsome? I mean, what, what are you? You know, super handsome, super beauty? I mean, what are you? Some kind of perfect hero? What are you? And it, now you got to, you know, think about the things going on in life with these young kids. You know, it's like the millennials now, of course. And it's a shame what, of what's happening with this generations, these last two generations, is that, you know, these young girls, especially, you know, they're out there being stereotyped, trying to fit into a clique. And the way they're doing it, to me, is that they're making their character ugly. You know, they're out there showing off their bodies in very tiny bathing suits and poses and fan pages and just explicit things that are getting them to where they are in life. And I understand if, if that's if your happiness is is financial, you know, a financial side of it all, good for you. If it's exploiting your body to drive a BMW, good for you. But you're the one that's got to explain it to your 15-year-old daughter, 10-year-old son, when his friends are coming to school and showing pictures and videos of his mom when, he was, when she was young. How do you explain that? Well, these guys out there doing their no-shirt videos and manipulating, gaslighting these single ladies who have nobody. And they say how much they care for them, how much they love them. They, use, they throw the word love around and they respect them. and They throw those words around so much. And they know these people are letting it sink in. Although they do care about me. Yeah, because they care about your bank account. They care that you gave them a line on a live feed. They care that you sent them $200 jeans. They care that you sent them tickets to a Luke Holmes concert. That's what they care about. Their ugly characteristics come out. Guys do it. Girls do it. Manipulation and gaslighting is off the charts anymore. And a lot of people feel they're doing nothing wrong to do it. You know, they all want to say how they're, oh, I give money back to those. I give to the poor. I do this, I do that. But in my own personal opinion is that you don't have to exploit people to show your humanitarianism, I guess you would say. I do a lot of things for others that is my business. I don't need to feel better about myself because people seen me do it. I don't need to stage me giving my shoes to a homeless person because he had none on that day. I don't need to stage me walking up to a family who's sitting there homeless on the side of the road and give them food to embarrass them even more by putting them on video and letting it go viral. 
to me, that is one of the most ugliest things you can do is exploit someone's weakness. Because there's a lot of homeless out there, a lot of people with mental health issues. A lot of people just don't have the necessities of life. And we exploit it. We show everybody in the world it. We make fun of them. You know, we act like we're helping them, but are you really helping them or are you helping your own ego? You're helping your own pride. You're, you're making your pedestal that much higher because you feel you're entitled to it. And you're such a good person because you gave a homeless man a hamburger. And the way that people exploit the holidays and they ask for donations from people and they go on these live things on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and every social media platform known to man and saying, I want to help some families out. Can you donate, 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 donate? And next you know it's $5,000 because all these people donated 50 bucks, five bucks, two bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it might have been. But then this person is the first one to go to that person they're helping and take all the credit for it. They'll use it as a tax write-off. They'll use it as self, um, esteem. They'll say make themselves look like a king or a queen to these people, like a savior. But it wasn't even them who did it. it was all those people they manipulated to get the money from. And I just wish people would understand what's happening to them when it comes to these people on the internet who are just keyboard panhandlers. Uh, uh, you know, that's all they really are. You know, they don't want to work. They just whether take your money. And right now with inflation, unemployment, cost of living, gas prices, crime, small business shutting it down. People don't have the money. You know, I have a young lady who's like an older sister to me on a platform reached out to me and said she fell for it and was out of $6,000 in her bank account for going on this person's lives. That is heartbreaking. Because that person will never see that money again. I mean, how many times those people that you donate your money to reached out to you and said, hi, good morning. How's little Jimmy's baseball game? Happy birthday. They don't care about you. Their ugly characteristics come out. And again, this is what this whole podcast today was about that I wanted to address was the way we treat each other on more of a mental health and emotional side over the ugliness of the physical side. Because like I said earlier, none of us have the right to say who's a 10, who's a one, who's a five. None of us have the right to put a number in front of anybody. That is appalling. And we need to get better. You know, I speak very proudly about being the change, about imagine a better world, better life, peace in this world. 
And I've been preaching it for a long time, way before social media platforms. And that is my life mission. I'll never stop doing what I do. You know, if a social media platform shuts down, I still have my life. I still have my morals, my core values, my compassion, my empathy. All these other people are trying to explain to unemployment that they were TikTok influencers and they need their unemployment money. So I want to thank each and every one of you today for listening again. And I'm going to bring up some exciting news I have for the new year coming up. My son and I, Nicholas, which you guys all know, he's 14 years old. He's he's more wittier than I am at times. I love the kid to death. Him and I are going to start coming up with the process of making live video vlogs on YouTube or Twitch or whatever the platform we figure out we can get them on. And we're going to talk about just different things in life. Kids today, kids when I was young, what we did, how we did it. And and have more of a family feeling and different generations, interactions on my podcast. We're going to have it so we can have guests come in on the live, chime in. People can call in, message in. And it's going to be a very exciting new year coming up for us. So stay tuned for all of that. And just know this. You got to be the change. It all starts with you. Thanks for listening today.